0: Welcome to the Book Hub, an online event space hosted by Luther Seminary. This episode from the event Lead Anyway, and remember, you do not have to do this alone, features author Sarah Chiavari and ministry coach Don Alex in a conversation about coaching for ministry. My name is Don Alex, I'm the director of coaching and communities at Faith Lead. And so, you know, my part in this conversation, because I have not written a book yet, although we've been talking about one, um, is uh, part of this is really great, right? You read a book and you touch on the hard things. Um, But if that book just sort of stays in your own head, if you don't have conversations, um, the half life I've heard of such a, a book or a learning experience is about six months tops, that soon after that, it just kind of disappears, because the pull of going back to what was is so great. And so this is where I think both you and I um, come into our love of coaching, that we, uh, we don't want to just write or, or teach or have a conversation um, for the moment, but maybe for transformation. And so where does, as, as you are thinking about this book or your work on the Moses project, cause I know you were doing coaching and mentoring there, where does coaching come into all this for you?
1: Coaching is a compliment in, in the sense that there's accountability, you know, someone's going to be circling back. Um, and I love, you know, when a group of people support one another and there's this movement towards a desire, there's a desire. That where we are today, we don't want to be in six months, and so there's accountability to each other, in the sense of checking in. Like so, um, and I think there's got to be some structure, and then there's got to be some free form where people, you know, are they have time to talk and sit and reflect. But it's really powerful to have someone come back and say, "So, how are you doing with overpromising?" and oh yeah now i've got to think about that again so coaching is great for accompanying one another in um trying to make changes because to make a change on our own like a joy shared is a joy doubled that kind of thing you know to make a change on our own not only is it harder but it's also not as much fun <laughs> It's not, there's, there's, I mean, I love fun, you know, it's, it's just not as, there's not as much as there could be as when you're doing it with other people.
0: Yeah. It's, it's that walking along with, and you were talking about the neurological piece. Um, I don't know, but I I know that as I am being coached and as I coach, um, if someone asks me a question, uh, that there, sometimes I don't want to answer it. (laughs) Yeah. And sometimes the answer, uh, I don't want to answer it because, um, I don't know where it's going to open up a whole, you know, other area of questions, but sometimes yeah. I don't want to answer it because I don't, there's something about saying it out loud, just like in the Bible. When people say things out loud, they become, there's something about when we say something out loud to another person that all of a sudden it becomes real in a way that we weren't expecting. And so um, I think of even the way, um, you know, reading through the lies is one thing. And then realizing that one of them is something you believe is totally different and saying that out loud.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Don, that makes me think about how there were admirers of Jesus, like, and then then there were followers, like, you know, um, has this become integrated in my life? Like I can know something, but has it transformed the way I live? Has it realigned my compass? Um, And if we grew up in communities or families or systems where, I mean, I remember sitting with an elder who talked about when she was growing up, the race on laundry wash day was to get your wash out on the line before anybody else did, because there was status in that. If you were the first, you know, housewife to get your laundry out on the line, um, there was a status around that, right? So that would fall into the uh, the lie of what other people think about me is more important than what God thinks about me or what I think about myself. So, yeah, it's it's rewiring so much of this and um, times just giving ourselves permission to, like, look at a hard thing And not have to solve it can be really life-giving because maybe there's a big knot that we have to untangle and to untangle it feels overwhelming but maybe i can just look at it and be with it intentionally for an hour and let that be enough you know
0: yeah At this point, I'm going to invite people to drop. Sarah and I will chat for a little bit longer, but um, while we're chatting, feel free to put your questions for Sarah or for me about coaching, either one of us, um, into the chat and we'll we'll lift those up. But um, Sarah and I started out actually in ministry together many years ago in a very hard, we don't even have to go into it, but it's a very hard ministry situation that was probably in some ways. the root of all of our wanting, wanting to heal people, wanting to, um, coach people into a better way of, of discipleship and being. And so, um, I'd like to just ask, you know, as you go through, um, your working with ministry leaders today, mm-hmm. what are some of the, um, the biggest challenges that you are seeing the face. I mean, this book was finished
1: before COVID. So, yes. what are you seeing now? <laughs> yeah, um, people are overwhelmed. People are burnt out. Um, leaders. I think people are carrying grief. They don't even know that they're carrying grief. Um, I think a sense of in ineffectiveness. Because, you know, we, we know how to do ministry in a lot of ways. And that's a broad stroke because I know we're in a massive season of disruption, you know, with ministry and emerging church and what it looked like 20 years ago is not going to serve the gospel and the way it will need to be served in 20 years. Um, but I think, you know, people feel pushed to do things that they never wanted to do like technology stuff, for example, and have to do it now. Um, and the sense of, I think all of us, like the myelin sheath on everybody's nerves has gotten stripped away. So my nephew like huh, 18 years ago had Guillain-Barre um, and it's actually neuro demyelinating something. But it literally takes the protective sheath off of your nerves and then your immune system attacks itself. And he is, he is a OK. like thanks be to God for that. He is a OK. he's good. Um, But I feel like because of COVID and because of everything that was going on before COVID happened, you know, um, racial reckoning and political division, I think everybody's nerves, the myelin sheath has just gotten stripped off. And so people react um, in bigger ways than perhaps we would if we were in our best, most grounded spot. And I think that's hard for pastors and leaders too. Yeah. Don, what are, I mean, what are you seeing? Cause you do so much coaching with leaders also. I do, I do.
0: I see, um, I see a lot of, of the lies actually that you, um, that you have listed in your book. One of the main things I find myself asking pastors as they come and uh, they're doing coaching and they're trying to do too much or they're responsible for everything or they're going to fail or people are not going to like them. Um, one of the key things I always ask them is, who 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 is that? Who are the they? And have you heard this yet? Or is it all just in your head? And quite often, um, they haven't heard it from anyone. It's their own expectation. It's their own um uh you know the congregation has one level of expectation and actually our pastors often have this one that's way higher <laughs> so um so that's a that's a key piece so all of these um going after all of these lies um helps us to gravitate more toward our christian values our christian uh, characteristics of authenticity and doing what god has called us into doing um, and when we turn back to that piece, it's a spiritual piece just as much as anything else, or maybe even more than anything else, um, really turning back to who God created us to be in this moment rather than, um, what we think someone else needs us to be. Um, yeah, yes. it's, it's a deep spiritual yeah. moment. We have
1: some great questions yeah. um, or do you have, What it, go ahead. Yeah. Well, I was just thinking when you said that it reminds me of repentance In the sense of like, turn around, like Mm. turn back, and you see. um, I mean, I'm imagining. I see Christ, who's looking back at me with love. You know, um, I love in the gospel account, the crucifixion account, where, you know, Jesus looks at Peter as as um, the whole crucifixion trial and stuff is going on, and just the love. Right, just even in that moment, the love that would be there.
0: Okay. So. Okay. So we have some great questions. Yeah, I, I, I will. Yeah, I'll I'll lift sure. some of them up. Um, um, and I let me just pull the chat up right in front of me so I can give a name. Um, from SKV asks, how does a pastor cope when they work with a Type A colleague? And um, I can uh, share a little bit, and then Sarah, you might have some ideas. Feel free to jump into. Um, I, part of what I do is uh, systems, teams coaching. And one of the greatest uh, things that I learned that in that is it's not about the other person, it's about the relationship. So the problem isn't the other person um, and the way they're behaving. The problem is, is that the relationship isn't working. So um, when you have uh, a colleague who is really um, driven, Um, It's okay to say, what about the relationship, the way that we communicate with one another, the way that we act around one another, what part of that isn't working? And then have a conversation about that. It's not about changing the other person and who they are, but it's about um, you're a beloved child of God. I'm a beloved child of God. How do we honor and yet get along in our relationship with one another? And frankly, if if that were easy, we'd have a lot fewer <laughs> fewer difficulties in the world. But I have found that switching that context just slightly, that it's not you're the problem, but it's our, our relationship that needs the work, um, you can call the Holy Spirit into that fairly readily and at least go at it in a slightly different perspective. So
1: yeah, I think that's I think that's beautiful, Don, what you said. I love how you talk about the Holy spirit coming into that and it's invitational. Yeah. 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 Um, I also think about in that invitational moment, you know, practicing some vulnerability around what is it I need and what is it you need? So, um, you know, sometimes we find that there's conflict around styles. So if I am, a person who, you know, things start on time and, and and someone else is a person where on time is seven minutes after the the allotted time. And I'm feeling some conviction because Don and I had a meeting on Tuesday that started at 4.30 and she called and it was like 4.36. But in my defense, I thought it started at 4.45. So I'm going to claim like crazy mind got me all confused. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, I mean, there's gonna be conflict in those things. So if I can just be um clear about what's helpful for me to do my best work and then to hear what other people need, um we will be able to dispel some of those things. Now you need to have an amount, a certain amount of trust to be able to have those conversations, knowing that, like, okay. If um, I say, like, it's really important for me to start on time um, for the other person, for there to be enough goodwill in the relationship that the other person can hear that and receive it and, and say, yeah, okay, that's, I can definitely get there on t- time, you know, um, mm-hmm. and to still feel like their integrity and their personhood is intact.
0: Yeah, and that actually draws us, I think, close to another question. Um, okay. Kathy Maddox asked, um, can you explain this statement? I turn to curiosity when I've been hurt instead of
1: psychoanalyzing you. Okay, so thank you, Kathy. That comes from the chapter on boundaries. And I, I have a degree in psychology. Um, I'm a board certified chaplain. So if you know what goes into that process us at 1600 clinical hours and mountains of paper, like literally reams of paper where you reflect on your own pastoral authority and, you know, your pastoral theology in relation to suffering. And you learn about uh, family systems. You learn about, you know, um, ministry with uh, people who you know, are schizoaffective or who live with bipolar. So it's really easy for me to to be able to look at a constellation of behaviors and to think, oh, yeah, yeah. I think, I think you're a narcissist. I mean, it seems to me that there might be some narcissism here. Um, especially if it's somebody that I've I mean, I don't like walk through the world, you know, doing that. Um But if it's somebody that I have a relationship with that has been strained and uh, perennially broken, then that's where I could find myself psychoanalyzing somebody. So that's what I mean. So turning to curiosity um, is just thinking different questions. Like, I wonder why um, this behavior right now is feels like the best choice for him. um, I wonder what hurt or burden he's carrying right now um, that is influencing what he just said. So turning to wonder gives me more compassion.
0: Yeah, I can hear that right away. and, And it also go ahead, Done. No, I was just saying, I, I could hear that right away, that that turns to compassion right away, that all of a sudden, instead of yeah. the wall that you put up to protect yourself, that there is a moment of, of wonder that opens you up to empathy.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, we're all sinners, you know, so, so I've got blank, I mean, I got a plank in my eye too. Yeah. yeah. So does that answer it for you, Kathy? Yes. Thank you. Appreciate it. Okay. Thanks. Yeah.
0: We had another question in there from Leanne about how do you, um, what do you look for in a coach for yourself? And so I'll let you answer that one first. So what do you look
1: for Sarah when you need to be coached through something? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing about coaching, like you, um, having a coach yourself, is always important if you are coaching other people. Um, And I think one of the reasons for that is, I mean, well, one, the person coaching you could be giving you more technical skills than what you had before, but that's not the primary purpose. That's just like a bonus feature. It's because, We all have false assumptions and limiting beliefs that influence what we do. And when we're coaching somebody else, it is a sacred space of holy trust, right? Like it's a vulnerable thing to go to counseling or to show up in coaching and to say, here's the thing I'm struggling with, or here's the thing that I don't want to think I have a piece of responsibility in this, but I'm sure that I do. And I don't want to look at that. So it's a vulnerable thing um and being in coaching yourself helps you remember you know that vulnerable space so what do i look for in a coach i look for someone who um will ask me thoughtful questions questions that are going to invite me to look at things a little bit differently and i also want a coach who will remember what we talked about last time because um, I do like efficiency. So, you know, I want to know that when I start telling you about the thing that happened um, on Zoom worship, you know, that you got the story. It's there. So um it's going to ask a question and then someone who's going to challenge me um, in a kind way. but you know, who will say, um, what is the question you're hoping I don't ask you? Ah, yeah, that's, yeah, like the person who will just, um, go, you know, take that Holy Spirit prompt and go out on the little branch. Done.
0: No, I was gonna say that, um, my most, uh, hated. That's I don't want to. But the question I don't want my coach to ask, but that they should is what are you going to give up in order to make this happen. (laughs) So that's always the hard one for me to answer like, Oh, no, I'm gonna have to give something up in order to do this. Um, Yeah, that someone who is uh, who's really willing to listen and uh, being willing to probe into those questions or those areas that I'm defending. Like, I, I don't want to say it out loud because I don't want to do it. Um, and uh, we just had a question in the chat I saw flash up about what's the difference between coaching and spiritual direction, which is a great, uh, great question. Um, spiritual direction is someone who will, um, is where you will sit with someone and go through, and I call it layperson systematics, will help you figure out who God is, how God works in your life. Um, what that looks like at this moment. Um, How do I fit in the world with God? It's just it's an exploration of sort of that spiritual peace. Um, And there is no uh, expectation that you are going to um, go to a certain place with your spiritual direction. It's mostly where are you right now? How do you feel God? How are you in relationship right now? Coaching, while you can certainly ask God questions, and um, that's a piece that's really important to us at Faith Lead, that you can ask the God questions in coaching. Um, Coaching, uh, you come in with a goal or something you want to change, and your coach is going to um, ask good questions to find out what's getting in your way, what tools do you have, what tools do you need um, to help you get to your goal. So there's an actual movement and a transformation and in in most coaching language if you have not experienced any transformation if after eight sessions you're still just talking about how things are you aren't coaching so spiritual direction is is uh where am i with god today it's a great area to explore if you're in ministry you want to be exploring that um but you may also want to be thinking about um where do we need to go And Leanne just lifted up that there's also an article in the Faith Leader. Any last questions or thoughts? We are grateful that you have spent this time with us. I just want to share that we are um, in the process of launching Faith Lead Coaching. Um, And so if you are interested in being a coach, if you are interested in being coached and you want... um, uh, someone from, uh, that's not from your local area who maybe knows all of your colleagues or your (laughs) parishioners. Um, we have coaches around the nation. We have coaches of different denominations. Uh, it's just really exciting for us to be able to offer it this time. We've worked really hard to make it affordable, um, so that it's not something that only the executive leaders get. Um, and uh we think that this is such a disruptive time that we want to be able to be there for our colleagues so um if you are interested go to the website they dropped into there or will be dropping into there and you can ask for more information and sarah i am super excited uh you have some courses coming up so tell them about the
1: courses you get to teach yes um so starting in april we are doing a course uh dare to lead for church leaders. And so this is Brené Brown's newest iteration of her work. It's specific to leadership. And I know some of of you have gone through uh, Daring Greatly events with me in the past. I will say this is similar, but it's much more robust. Um, The research is really specific to what are behaviors that we engage in that sabotage our leadership so um are we stuck in nostalgia you know is it blame and personalizing um are we stuck not being able to make a decision so um so it's virtual and it's limited to 15 people so that will be eight sessions three hours each so One of the great things about having it weekly is there's a lot of time to practice the skills that we'll be learning. And then the next uh, course that we'll be launching, I think it's in June, um, is introduction to bi-vocational ministry. Bi-vocational ministry and introduction to side hustles, gigs, and the entrepreneurial minister. So I'm kind of taking the learning that i've gained in the last eight years of living that life and i've rolled it i'm rolling it into a course so it's some nuts and bolts about if you are thinking of um a source of you know work beyond parish ministry or beyond para ministry whatever that looks like what are the nuts and bolts you need to do for an llc or sole proprietor and then look at some coaching pieces. What are the blocks that would get in the way? What are what are my own thoughts that would prevent me from even exploring something like that? And then it's taking an inventory of, you know, what are my gifts? And how would I want to be using those in additional ways in the world? So great. Well, I know
0: this is, you know, this is the hard part for me, in that uh, I get to help arrange these courses and then I don't always get to sit in on them or see them. So I've heard many people are excited about um, these sets that are coming up. Um, Sarah, I'm grateful for the work that you continue to do in ministry and in writing and um, alongside uh, you know Brene Brown and, and translating that, helping us to translate it into ministry in such a powerful way. So I wanna thank you. And so in closing, I am super grateful for all of our team. So thanks for everybody behind the scenes, uh, Leanne and and Laura and Ben. Um, I will say if there are any other uh, comments that you guys need to make, announcements that you need to make, um, go ahead and unmute. And otherwise, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon.
2: Yes. Thank you, Don. And thank you to Sarah. Um, We do have an announcement about the next Book Hub event will be April 8th at 1 p.m. Central. It's on writing spiritual stories, uh, how anyone, even non-writers, can make meaning, share hope, and discover God's presence in unexpected places through simple storytelling practices. So we'll have three spiritual memoirists who um, will unpack the power of spiritual storytelling. And we're very excited about our own uh, Katie Langston, uh, whose uh, spiritual memoir is coming out in April, uh, will be one of the presenters there. So watch for that. Uh, So thank you all for your attendance here today and um, for exploring these questions with Sarah. Um, We're just really glad to have you here and look forward to engaging in other ways down the road.